Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted you're here with us today. We have a very special guest. Today we have with us Mr. Phil Webster. He is an actor turned author who wrote the book Letting Glow, and he is getting ready to release a new book, Glowing Deeper. And today he's here to talk to us about a spiritual journey and how he went from acting to then writing a book about everything he's been through. So I cannot wait to hear his story. I wanna thank you guys for being here with us today. And Phil, I wanna thank you for being here with us today as well. Thank you very much for having me on. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, so your story sounds really fascinating. You, you're an actor and it sounds like you've also done, you know, quite a lot of other things like many of us have on our journeys trying to figure out, you know, who we are and what we want to do in life. And somehow this led you to writing a book about your journey. So I'd love for you just to tell us a little bit about who you are and, and your book and, and what it's all about. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in the UK uh, in my 20s. I, I kind of felt desperate to get out of the UK and, and went traveling a lot. Um, and I was abroad for about 20 years. I came back in my 40s, uh, 2017, and, and pursued acting and just kind of um, paid the bills with it for a few years. Um, it wasn't kind of like it, it, I was just kind of trying to be honest with myself about what would I like to do. And, and I, I wanted to do something creative. It wasn't really from a need to perform or anything like that. Um, but I wasn't under any illusions about it. And like I say, just sort of paying the bills was uh, was was kind of like a measure of success for me. Uh, and then, of course, COVID came along um, and things went quiet for a while. So um, so my mum, uh, the story of where the, where the book comes from was essentially to do with the grieving process and, and something that happened around when my mum passed. Um, so she lived on her own on, on a place called the Isle of Wight. Um, I'm based in London. And um, she's about, she was about, maybe two, three hours away, something like that, and a short boat trip. So um, obviously through COVID, she was 76 years old, so she was in the vulnerable category and all that kind of thing. Um, so we were, you know, adhering to the guidelines and the restrictions and all the rest of it. And I would go and see her when I could, you know, trying to do the right thing. I guess none of us really knew what was happening in, in that year. Um, but I hadn't seen her for a while. She'd been on her own for, the, for pretty much the whole of 2020, and it just turned to 2021. And I hadn't seen her at Christmas, hadn't seen her for a few months. And um, we would FaceTime every day, you know, um, and I would sort of check on her. But she was getting, like, increasingly lonely and somewhat depressed. Um, she had sort of various age-related health problems, like high blood pressure and, and a heart condition. But she'd always bounce back from these things, you know. So I kind of expected her to be around for a few years. But anyway, we talked on this particular evening, um, maybe 9.30 at night, something like that. And I think we'd spoke a couple of times already that day um and yeah so so we I, I hit her up on the <laughs> on the facetime uh call and when she answered there was a, a man beside her and and uh i was kind of taken aback because we were in a lockdown um and i saw him long enough that i could describe him he had thinning gray hair glasses uh, kind of a gaunt face and as she kind of moved the phone he went out of shot and I said, well, who's that? And she said, who's what? And I was like, well, the guy. I just I just saw somebody standing beside you. And she said, no, there's, there was no, there's no one here. And she sat down. And, and I, I was like, I came home. I said, sorry, I just saw someone. So, you know, who was it? You know, and, and again, um, I, I sort of must emphasize, like, where she lived was a very rural place. There was 
you know, I knew all the neighbors. Uh, it was a very quiet place. Um, and there shouldn't have been anyone there. It was 9.30 at night and we were in a lockdown. And she kind of just dismissed it and sat down and started telling me about her day. Uh, and I think I interrupted her a couple of more times because I've just seen the guy, you know. Um, and she just dismissed it. And and I, I usually could tell if there was someone with her, you know, all through the years, she would put on like a lot of airs and graces. Like if if there was somebody with her and she was on the phone, she would start speaking more politely and and wouldn't be herself. And it used to be like really annoying, you know. And she wasn't doing any of that. And we talked for nearly an hour. And I thought, well, I guess I wasn't mistaken, you know. And um, and we ended the call. I, I went to bed. And then the next morning, I, I got the phone call that the neighbors couldn't get in. And, and my mom was having a heart, heart attack. And she and she passed away that morning. So, uh, you know, for all the grief um, over, the, over the following months, really, um, my mind just sort of did keep going back to that. I was like, well, what was that? You know, what are we talking here? And I got to say, you know, my mind wasn't really at that point in life with the esoteric or, or, or anything like that um, in that period. Although I'd had kind of years where, where I was interested in that when I was younger, but I was living a very practical life and I wasn't really thinking about any of that stuff. And, um, and I was thinking, well, what, what are we talking here? Are we talking spirit guides or, or what, you know, and I would tell people on occasion and I'll get mixed responses depending on people's beliefs. You know, some people were like, okay, well, that was clearly a sign, you know, um, and then others were sort of just dismissive and saying, well, you know, you're grieving. And it's like, well, I wasn't grieving because it was before the facts. But anyway, I kind of get it. And, and I didn't really know what to do with it. And also, it wasn't like I recognized the guy. You know, he didn't look like an uncle or somebody that had passed away or something like that. So it wasn't even particularly comforting. It was just, I just, I was like, okay, well, what was that? Right. Um, but anyway, through the following months, I was working on a on a film, um, one of these big Marvel superhero movies, and and um, and I eventually told somebody about it, and she was like, "Oh, you should ask for a sign." So I've got another quick story. I'll just quickly tell you that before we go into yeah, um into it any further. And 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 I was like, "Okay, sure, let's let's try this asking for a sign thing." So this is kind of like two months down the line, and and I just kind of started opening up to people. I, I hadn't spoke to anyone on this film set for like two months. I was just burying my head in books and just you know crying at you know random places throughout the day and I, I was there but I really wasn't you know present I was just um you know it was a horrific time and anyway so myself and my partner we just moved into a new apartment um and I was packing stuff away and I had a lot of blu-rays you know um the kind of useless now but I had all these Marvel movies, you know, these superheroes, stupid things that I, I I liked them at the time. Since working on one, completely lost interest in them. But I was like, as I was doing that, I thought, all right, let's do this. And I was like, okay, mom, if you're around, can you give me a sign? Uh, and then I sort of forgot about it, continued putting these Blu-rays away. And then I noticed the one was missing. And the one that was missing was um, Doctor Strange. So I was working at the time on the sequel to that movie. I was working on Doctor Strange 2, like every day, you know, and, and every morning when I'd walk there, I was speaking out loud, loud to my mum saying, hey, mum, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm on this movie and just talking out loud to her as though like I would if I was on the phone to her. Um, and I was like, well, how odd that that one's missing out of all of them. You know, the the one movie that's missing is connected to the film that I'm working on like every day for, for about four months at the time. Anyway, I kind of forgot about it and I went about tidying up the rest of the flat and a couple of hours later, this Blu-ray was just sitting on top of a pile of books. And um, 
I was like, well, that it shouldn't have been there. You know, all the rest of them have been in the same box. So I went over to pick it up and I noticed the title of the book underneath was poking out and I could see the author's name and it said Maureen, which was my mum's name. And the book beneath that one, uh, part, of the, part of the title of that one was poking out and it said living. So I've got Dr. Strange, Maureen and living about an hour or so after I'd asked for a sign. So I was like, okay, all right, let's, let's maybe look into this then, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I kind of went from there. So I'll, I'll stop talking. Sorry. I'll, I'm just rambling, <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of my, you know, I suppose, reintroduction to looking into spiritual ideas. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. I get chills thinking about the fact that you saw something and I truly believe, I believe in that, of course. Um, yeah. And I know that a lot of people who, I always call it a spiritual awakening, like when you're re reintroduced to, because I think that happens to a lot of us. Maybe we yeah. are religious when we're young or we have a connection and then we kind of, we're learning, we're figuring out who we are. We kind of step away from it for a while. Exactly. And yeah. then something happens in our lives that draws us back in. And for a lot of people, that is loss, whether yeah. it's loss of a relationship, the loss of a job, loss of a person. Uh, and that is true um, for me. And I lost my mom two years ago, too. So I understand I'm sorry. the grief yeah. and the journey, you know, and how difficult that can be. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's fascinating. So this sort of got you questioning then, okay, so did you ask for more signs? Well, yeah, uh, you know, it, another thing that it also did, which kind of ties into what you said there was it made me look back on other stuff that had happened over the years and stuff that I dismissed. And, I, and I'd had a couple of really profound, big moments that that I'd, that I'd sort of just put behind me. And I thought, well, I just I don't know what that was. And I don't want to deal with it, you know, um, and, and also down to sort of more. I don't know, I suppose you could say lighter stuff that happened when I was a kid, you know, uh, that again, I was like, did that really happen? Or is it just a kid's imagination that I just mm -hmm. forgot about. Um, but then I started thinking, oh, well, what if all these things were actually a thing? And it would seem that every few years, something would happen. And one of the biggest things that happened was um, in my mid thirties, I, I kind of, I woke up one morning and, and I was living in Helsinki at the time. I was living a bit of a hedonistic lifestyle. I was running bars and nightclubs. Um, I wasn't a terrible person, but I was kind of very self-absorbed. I definitely wasn't thinking about anything spiritual at all. I was just kind of in this pursuit of having what I thought was fun at the time um, and being a bit selfish. And anyway, I kind of woke up this morning and I, I just had this odd thought and, and it wasn't like a new thing, but it, but it, something shifted. And I was just thinking about how we've only really got the moment of now, you know, all the time. Um, and, and as I thought about this, it was as though I was were hit with like a ton of bricks and all of a sudden it was as though I were over here looking at my thoughts and linear time fell away and it was just like now, but then it just didn't stop. It was like now, now, now. I just couldn't switch it off. I couldn't think, well, what am I going to do tonight or eat for dinner or what did I do last night or all of a sudden it seemed absurd. You know, I was thinking, okay, what, this sounds kind of nuts, but like, I was like, well, this moment now, where's it gone you know we we assume that it's behind us it's on this timeline but where is it? it it's it's nowhere to be found you know um and i kind of flew into a panic attack um and i tried to walk it off and then i went to work that night and i was kind of really freaking out about this and, and you know no drugs or or alcohol was involved or anything like that 
I was just having a real freak out and, and I was trying to tell people about it and they were just looking at me like I was nuts, which was fair enough. Um, and I thought it would stop and it didn't stop. It went on for weeks um, to the point that I started thinking like doubting my sanity. It was as though reality had shifted and I just couldn't switch this thing off. I just, it was just like ultra, ultra awareness, you know, um, I can't really, really, and terrifying, you know, people talk about being in the moment of now and what this, what a wonderful experience it is. And, and Eckhart Tolle writes about it and things like that. But it was horrifying. <laughs> the, the experience that I, I think I was having the exact polar opposite to, to what he's talked about, although I haven't actually read his books. But um, I got to a point where I went to see a doctor and they, they started using words like psychosis and gave me meds, which didn't touch it. You know, just nothing happened. Like anti-anxiety pills, nothing touched it. They gave me sleeping pills. And wake up the next day, the whole thing would just start over again. I would just be this now, now, now. Couldn't switch it off. And eventually, like months in, I was getting to a, like a very sort of dark place, thinking, "Well, something's broken here." You know, I, I, I was seriously thinking, "Well, I'm. This is the way that my brain is going to work now. I'm going to check out." Like I didn't see any tragedy in it, and and just sort of just to remind, this is I was about 35 years old, so a good good 10, 13 years ago. <laughs> um, and, and I, I really just didn't know what to do. I felt like I was kind of hanging on to reality by like the slippery pole, you know. Uh, eventually I found a therapist and I told him this whole thing. And and he was amazingly the one person that seemed to know exactly what I was going through. And he was like, no, 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 man. He was like, you're fine. It's like, this is this is an awakening. You know, he said, you're like, you're experiencing ultimate reality. And he led me through a guided meditation, which pretty much after a good couple of months brought me back almost instantly um it kind of started up again afterwards but i started practicing this meditation every day and very gradually sort of came back online or offline depending on which way you look at it yeah. um and i was like okay thank god and just put it behind me and just didn't want to you know i was like i don't know what the hell that was but again in hindsight you know, maybe that was something more powerful than I was kind of giving it credit for. Um, and I'm not dismissing mental illness or anything like that, but you know, what medication couldn't do med meditation did essentially. That's quite a, I should have used that for a tagline. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. but, but just point being, um, and sorry to, uh, I'm sort of backtracking, but yeah, point being, it was seen that every few years, something like that would happen. You know, there was a couple of instances, but I went, more instances, but I went sort of go too far into it um but i thought all right well maybe i need to start taking notice of this stuff um i started writing a book about losing my mom and the grieving process and um and, and then all these little signs that i seem to be getting and uh and i i read a book about mediumship by a medium called claire broad um and, and another strange little synchronicity so i think i'm getting joined by a cat here um <laughs> was that I, I I just picked up this book on mediumship. I didn't know where the author was from, Claire. And and um, and the first story started in a place called um, Richmond Cemetery. And it was kind of where she first had like a psychic impression when she was a kid. And I could see it out of my window. I could see Richmond Cemetery from my window, you know, and Claire could have been from the States or Australia or, or any, anywhere, I had no idea. And, and oddly, this book took place right across the street out of my window in, in London um anyway i ended up getting in touch with claire doing a couple of workshops like and things like that and essentially exploring mediumship and to sort of cut the story short of, of the first book um 
it's essentially like my journey into learning about mediumship and, and different spiritual practices. So have you found since you had the experience with when you were talking to your mother and you saw someone or you saw something and you weren't sure what it was in the background, have you had any experiences similar to that since then? I haven't had any 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 actual visual. Well, actually, yeah, I did once. Um, oh, that's another story entirely. Um, but nothing like that. Nothing. I've never seen a, a visual apparition. Uh, I suppose it, that's what it was. Um, I still don't know what it was. You know, what was it? Was it her spirit guide? Was it my spirit guide? Was it a family member? I don't know. Um, a friend of hers. I believe it was something. You know. Um, and 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 at the end of the day, that that seemed to me to be the most logical you know the the most logical option um despite you know what what some people said I, I know that there wasn't I knew a daily routine I knew what she did all the time you know so so I'm convinced that there was nobody physically with her but no I I haven't um actually had like a, a sort of representation like that through learning about mediumship sitting in a circle and and all that stuff um I've definitely given people messages and and seen people in my mind's eye but nothing physical you know um i don't know how it is for other mediums mediums often talk about well you've got this person standing beside you i don't know if they're actually standing beside them that's that's not how it's worked for me at least um i'll sort of yeah i'll get the impression of feeling mm -hmm. sometimes even the feeling of a description rather than actually seeing someone you know um but anyway it, it's kind of early days for me i'd say i'm sort of about two and a half years into it so i'm not really considering myself as a medium yet i'm not even sure that that's sort of my final destination i feel like it's just part of it um but yeah i've, I've had some amazing things happen um and, and seeing other mediums at work just heard amazing stories you know that 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 are absolutely something that they couldn't know you know and and, and same for myself giving people evidence that like no idea where this came from yeah so yeah it's been it's been it was kind of an interesting way to write a book because i was pouring my grief into it but at the same time, these amazing, amazing things were happening that I was kind of documenting along the ways. And, and it definitely helps, I have to say. Um, I wouldn't try and sort of force my, my uh, beliefs on somebody else that was maybe going through a grieving process. But it definitely it definitely um, eased it. Yeah. To, to have this idea that there's, you know, that we that we definitely go on. Yeah. Yeah. And that you were seeing evidence, your mom showing you that she's still listening to you obviously yeah. asking so for signs going. and she's showing those uh very those are very obvious signs to me if she had the exact movie you were working on the sequel for that's incredible yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah that was that really was so i've just got this furry animal just circling me at the moment <laughs> <laughs> animals love my show you heard my dogs earlier um they yeah. love to join in every once in a while you know uh, and I think it's that's an interesting thing too. When you are uh, an empathic person, and when you, I think, are more spiritual and high vibrating, animals do tend to attract. Like you attract animals. I feel that way anyway. Yeah, I can see that actually. Now you mention it. Yeah, yeah, I've got a lot of them in my life lately. Yeah, other people's and yeah. <laughs> yes, they like to send messages as well, and so um, in your book. Do you give any insight to if you're going through the spiritual awakening process tips or anything? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I've put lots of meditations in there. I've, I've since you know, that that's just been a, a in so many ways, meditation has really helped me so much. Um, just in the first place with the with the other story that I told you, and then I feel like it really is the the key to mediumship. You know, to again to be able to to st I talk about it a lot, but and I'm obviously I'm not the only person that talks about this, but um, stepping back from your thoughts and sort of getting used to observing them and not getting caught up in the whole thing, and then sort of really getting in tune with that. Back, call it the backseat driver or whatever you want to call it the witness um and then you can sort of realize that that inner voice isn't necessarily attached to all of your thoughts and then through mediumship when something else comes in at least this is the way it works for me then i can tell the difference difference between you know what's going on with me and this new voice that's come in um so yeah i filled the books with the book with meditations actually both books the second book too um and it kind of it's a progression i suppose um, and, and all I'm saying is what, what's worked for me. I feel like somewhat a little bit of a maverick because um, in the UK, especially, we have a very traditional spiritualist movement here. Um, so, you know, people have been practicing this for way before I stepped in, you know, and just saying, hey, let's, let's all be mediums. I've read a book about it. Um, so I'm just sort of treading carefully. I don't want to, you know, step on anyone's toes or suggest that I know that much about it I'm, I'm just kind of documenting what's worked for me and i i would hope that if if, if the reader was interested that that you know they would follow the same steps and and it should work for them too yeah yeah i think the best part about the fact that you know someone like you writing the book is that people realize and understand that they're not crazy and that yeah. they're not alone you know there's someone else who has gone through this a similar experience and and that you know, giving them tips and tools for how to work through it, I think is really important because going through a spiritual awakening can feel like you're going crazy. Yeah, I mean, especially again, just to go back to that sort of living in the now um, story, I've had a couple of people email me and said, oh, um, you know, thanks for writing that because they went through something similar. Um, not in the same way as I kind of described it, but just feeling like they were just having like a full-blown 24 7 panic attack and then sort of realizing later on that that it was like a, a process that they were they sort of came out the other side with a different insight onto onto life i guess um yeah a couple of people have come to me with that story which which is um well it's not really nice to hear because it's, it's kind of everybody seems to be quite traumatized about it but but yeah i feel i i wonder you know because uh people sort of throw the term spiritual awakening around a lot and i feel like it's a it, at the end of the day it's a good thing but it like you said it's it's not necessarily the easiest of uh rides when you really get hit with one yeah <laughs> yeah it's confusing and you feel lost and like you said i think a lot of people probably go through depression and panic attacks because they just don't really understand what's happening and it's hard yeah it's not really the mainstream yet i mean we're getting more yeah. in that way but not yet that's true. And and just sort of just to bring it to I'm sort of just try, tying this into the books a little bit. The second book that I wrote, I, I did a lot of some research around uh, shamanism and, and sort of ancient traditions and stuff like that. And one kind of interesting thing that I came across was that this was all to go through something like that was almost a rite, some rite of passage thousands of years ago. You know, that you'd have like a, a tribe or a village or uh, I'm just sort of just generalizing here, but you'd have the 
the person that people would consider a little bit odd <laughs> who would be the the seer or something like that um and and those people would typically typically go to the to the brink of madness and come back and then they would be the people that the, the person that somebody would go to for spiritual advice or you know or, or that kind of thing I, I really made a mess of that but yeah <laughs> you know what I mean um that makes sense I, mean, to me. I understood what you were saying and yeah I mean that I mean, it's very, it's kind of similar today, except, you know, yeah, not everyone shares their experiences either. I think, you know, some people mm. kind of suffer in silence that they're going through this because it is true. Like not everyone is accepting of, especially if they've been brought up in a very strict religious home. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And, and also, you know, again, I've got to be sort of really careful here because I, uh, I'm just not dismissing any mental illness at all. And maybe I did have a psychotic break. I don't know, but um, maybe a psychotic break could also be a spiritual way, uh, an awakening. I, you know, it's, it's an odd one, but I, I was really on the brink and, and it was for the most part of a year. And like I say, meditation that just changed everything. Just one meditation. Uh, I just saw the benefits of it instantly. And then, uh, and then that just brought me back. Yeah. Just, just repeating the same meditation every day. So to be honest, uh, and and with full disclosure, after I got better, I forgot about it. I didn't. I didn't keep meditating. I just was like, "Great, I'm back. All right, I'll carry on now." You know, and pick up where I left off. But I found I couldn't. I felt, you know, my ego had been smashed to pieces. I felt like a lot humbler. I felt a lot more respect about everything and everyone. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of come somewhat. I, I don't know if it's full circle yet, but my mum passing was really the catalyst to sort of go back to all of that and 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 think okay yeah maybe maybe this is a thing that i need to pay more attention to and, and i feel that finally after you know nearly 50 years of never knowing what i wanted to do with my life i feel like oh okay this was it right i, I get it now but yeah <laughs> thing uh, i think a lot of people start to turn more towards their you know purpose in life and mm -hmm. I think a lot of people mistakenly sometimes think purpose equals career. It doesn't always sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, other being just being of service to people. Um, I'm definitely not getting rich from any of this. That's for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you get signs that you needed to write a book? Because I know that's one of the things that happened for me was I just kept getting this intuitive hit, like you need to write this down. And at first it was just, okay, you're going to write this down just to get it out to heal yourself. And then it turned into something more than that. It just felt it just felt like the natural thing to do at the time. Um, I think it, I can't remember when I started it. I'm going to say a couple of months after my mom passed, when I started looking into mediumship and, and I walked into a, a spiritualist church one night and just watched a medium giving a demonstration to like a random congregation of people. And she came to me and pretty much just described my mom. And and, and I must say the, the game changer was her accent changed. So this, this medium, she didn't know me. I just walked in there and she sort of very briefly described the state around my mom passing. And she had a very strong London Cockney accent. And then it changed to a very Northern English accent. And I was just like, okay, this, this is like, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I'd gone there hoping to hear from my mom at the end of the day after reading a couple of books on mediumship, but that was as life-changing as as all the other kind of things that happened around my mum passing so yeah that that probably really was the I probably started writing it then I think I was like okay there's a lot of stuff going on here I need to start 
yeah talking about it um but it felt like a natural process yeah i mean i've scribbled a few few things down over the years but i've never never wrote a book yeah and it, and it just poured out and then when i finished it i felt like i'd learned so much about this whole sort of i don't know what you would call it movement or what have you um that i just wrote the second one straight off the back of that so yeah and how does the second book differ from the first what's the second book about the the second one was really more about everything i'd learned over that first year the first was more about me i was kind of the first one's more a, um almost like autobiographical very much so actually um to just sort of put things in context I, i've not gone into every single thing i did through my life but anything that would sort of appear to have some sort of weird event attached to it i kind of just like highlighted them and there seemed to be a lot um and then yeah the second one it was kind of more about um these sort of spiritual ideas i, I hate to just keep using the word spiritual but you, you know <laughs> uh, yeah. these kind of ideas as a as a bigger collective um and then i was thinking well, what would i like to know about so i kind of dove into this whole thing about um celtic folklore and and, and again shamanism and um history of witchcraft i started studying about um studying studying a history of witchcraft in the middle ages um through the university of barcelona and, and just kind of just poured all into it and, and had a lot of fun with it yeah yeah i think that's really an important thing to get perspective on how different cultures throughout the years have treated people who have had gifts because i think it it's really interesting to see that and also to see i think how we've evolved yeah people yeah I, actually you just described it better than i did completely that's pretty much what that's pretty much what i tried to do with that that section of the book at least uh, i learned so much um especially about witchcraft actually in the middle ages um over here i'm just kind of looking at my notes because there's no this is way too smart for me to remember off the top of my head but yeah i kind of went into this whole um section of of and there's so much of it you know um of course in the states as well but I just kind of focused over here about when people started talking about spirituality outside of a of a religious dogma, then you know they started getting burned at the stake essentially. That and and that's what I believe was essentially the the start of sort of um you know what the which witchcraft as we know it. I, I don't know. I guess I can't say the modern age, but yeah, you know, sixteen hundreds onwards and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, horrifying and 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 essentially anyone that would claim that they talk to dead people would that would be it you know you, you I'd, I'd be burned at the stake as well i guess so yeah it's, it's a crazy time yeah and then today you get a tv show right where you get to follow people yeah. around yeah. <laughs> but yeah one thing i i came across as well was that um so they had the witchcraft act in in the uk or across europe um but in the uk at least it, it was like essentially licensed people to go witch hunting um and, and kill witches and and uh one shocking thing i found out about that was that it wasn't abolished until 1951 oh my um, gosh nobody, wow. <laughs> yeah i mean nobody was obviously doing it at that point right. but yeah somebody was like oh we probably should get rid of this but at this point yeah like yeah 1951 yeah you can still go and burn a witch that's crazy but you know we do compare um i taught english for a little while and we would read uh, the crucible and it was you know an allegory about what was happening with the communist trials and mccarthy and basically it was a witch hunt too so that mm -hmm. makes sense that 
in the 1950s that kind of was, I'm sure there weren't people actually going out and chasing after real witches, but you know, that those attitudes were still there. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? You know, it wasn't, it's only 30 years before the 80s, but then again, it's only 50 years after the turn of the century. So it's, it's yeah, crazy times. Mm -hmm. Very much so. But I think we've definitely evolved quite a bit. Um, if there are people out there listening who maybe think they're going through a spiritual awakening right now, maybe they're in that stage where they feel like they're going crazy or they're not sure what's happening. Do you have any piece of advice or words of wisdom that you could give them uh, in order would, to help them? Yeah, I mean, sure. I would go straight to meditation immediately. Um, if you what, if you're not, you, you know, if you've never done it before or not used to it, I'm sure most of your listeners have. Um, guided meditations are like really helpful. I still use guided meditations um, to just sort of cut out the clatter and just sort of get in that bubble of yourself and just be sort of. I feel like it helped me get comfortable in my own skin again after not really being able to make much sense of it for a while. Um, and it still does. Yeah, it still does. Just to take that moment and just be present and connect with the moment of now, but not have the, you know, the 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 whole thing that I went through. But yeah, I feel like it's I feel like it's possible to sort of connect with that in a much more peaceful state. And and just yeah, I feel like that's a real key. Yeah, definitely. And you said that you have meditations in your book, is that right? Yep, every few pages of the, there's a meditation. Um, I've started making guided meditations. I'm sort of dabbling with YouTube. Um, I've not got that many followers there, um, and I've got I've put a few guided meditations on there. But the actual process of recording them and all that stuff and putting music with them and everything, I, I need to get better at that. Um, but yeah, I think there there are plenty of meditations out there that are, that are useful. But yeah, both books, Letting Glow and, and Glowing Deeper, um, they both have a meditation at the end of each chapter. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being here with us today. And, um, you know, there's lots of great people who have guided meditations too. If anyone's just searching right now and just thinking like, I need something today. Um, I have some on my YouTube channel too, but, uh, definitely if this is something that, you know, you're listening to us and you sound like this is me, I really need some help. Um, his book is a great resource. It's letting glow and then glowing deeper is going to be coming out soon so i really want to thank you for being here with us today and you know sharing your story with us because i think it's helpful for people to understand they're not alone and to really be able to relate to other people sharing the same experiences yeah absolutely thank you for having me on again yeah it was nice talking with you and now if anyone wants to buy your book or maybe they just want to follow you what's the best way for them to do that yeah, uh, the books are available everywhere. Um, if they don't physically have them in a bookstore, if people still do that, um, yeah, they're pretty much, you know, Barnes & Noble, obviously Amazon. Um, yeah, they're available worldwide. Uh, the second one comes out on the 1st of February. But yeah, Letting Glow has been out since last April. Um, and then me, I'm, I've am i got a website, philwebster.com. So it's Phil with two L's. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to receive emails. And if anybody wants um, to talk about any of the things we've talked about, Awesome. And I'm going to have that in the show notes. So if you guys want to go to his website or you want to get to the book, it will be there for you. Thank you again so much for being here with us today and just sharing your story with us. Thanks so much for having me. And I want to thank you guys for being here with us today too. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe, please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit. 
I hope you guys have an amazing week. If you want to work with me, my website is in the show notes. And you can also join us on Patreon where you can see the video of this interview and all of the other wonderful guests that we've had on this podcast. I hope you guys have an amazing week. I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.